Stay tuned. Eastside Radio, 89.7 FM. Welcome to Breaking Waves. I'm Daniel Bingham, the audio producer here at Eastside Radio. And uh, Shay, Jeff, John, Riley, Alex and Arabella are all still off having a very well-earned holiday this week. So we're taking another look back at some of the best moments on Breaking Waves from 2021. Last year, John and Riley took a look at the topic of insiders and outsiders and the very first group any of us can really claim to be a part of, the family. Enjoy this glimpse into the shady past of the Breaking Waves hosts. The first groups that we come across when we come into the world is our family. That's right, and I've prepared a clip from a series about one of the most famous families of all time. Why don't people like me, Marge? Everyone likes you. You're a wonderful person. Why don't those stupid idiots let me in a crappy club for jerks? I'm sure it's nothing personal, Homer. It is. It's been happening to me all my life. Hey, Billy! Hey, Joey! Come on in! There's plenty of room! Sorry, not you, Homer. Why not? You let in Homer Glumplet. <laughs> it says no Homers. We're allowed to have one. Yeah, it doesn't feel good when you're excluded from something. Uh, but John and I are going to be covering the times when we actually were a part of something, right, John? Yeah, the family. Now, this is one club that everybody gets to join, and you don't get to choose this one. It's allocated for you. That's right, and uh, it has its own set of um, unique uh, rules and practices. Different for everybody. Right, and you don't uh, know that it's different, really, uh, when you're really little. Yeah, because your mum and dad's world is your world till you grow up a bit. Yeah, so what was your early childhood like, John? Well, I was the son of a preacher man. So when I popped out, uh, I popped out next to a church and we moved from one church to another. This was in a rural setting um, in central Queensland. And we carried our stuff with us in tea chests from one place to another. And um, I suppose although we were surrounded by... um, Little town communities, uh, Yapoon, um, Mackay, Aramac, Rockhampton. There wasn't a lot of time uh, to get to know people. And I was pretty little as well. You don't get out much when you're one and two, three years old. Um, how about you, Riley? Uh, what was your setting? Yeah, so my uh, childhood, I lived the first two years of my life in a house in Tamarama. And then we moved to an apartment in Bondi. It was um, a beautiful old um, 1920s blue building uh, on Campbell Parade across the road from Bondi Beach. So I got to go to the beach a lot as a kid. And it was um even smaller family than yours, John. It was just the three of us. Um, I was an only child at that point in my life. Yeah, I had a big sister. Who we, we know very well and is... In fact, the head honcho of this uh, this series. This production. Yeah. My sister Ruth. <laughs> Who we love very dearly. Indeed. <laughs> I didn't have a big extended family. Um, I had grandparents, but they, they were a three-day drive all the way down in New South Wales. 
So um, it was just the church congregation were the only other sort of extended tribal group of people that I interacted with at all um, before I went to school. I hear the train a coming, it's rolling round the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm stuck in Folsom Prison, and time keeps dragging on. But that train keeps rolling on down to San Antonio. When I was just a baby, my mama told me, son, always be a good boy, don't ever play with guns. But I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. Yes, watch him die. Hear that whistle blowing, I hang my head and cry. The Tennessee Three. Rich folks eating in a fancy dining car They're probably drinking coffee And smoking big cigars Well, I know I had it coming I know I can't be free But those people keep a-moving And that's what tortures me Well, if they freed me from this prison If that railroad train was mine Bet I'd move it on a little farther down the line Far from Folsom Prison, that's where I want to stay. And I'd let that lonesome whistle blow my blues away. That was the Johnny Cash classic Folsom Prison Blues from his 1971 Live in Denmark performance. You're listening to Eastside Radio and this is Breaking Waves. Last year we had some amazing guests on the program and this next clip is from Alex and Arabella's interview with one of them, Rosita Sunna, an advocate and supporter of people with Tourette's Syndrome who works with ticks and Tourette's across the globe, or TTAG. Enjoy. Tell us how you became involved with the Tourette's Syndrome community. So it started all with the diagnosis of my son. So um, it took us quite a while to get the diagnosis um, because a lot of health professionals, unfortunately, are not as well educated on Tourette's syndrome. So it took us um, like three years to get a diagnosis. Wow. And that was very challenging. Uh, so once we had the diagnosis, we found the Tourette's Syndrome Association of Australia and they had some support groups, which I visited. And I still remember when I came to the first meeting, I actually cried because it was the first time someone truly understood. And because yeah. this was so impactful, I decided to become a volunteer. So I um, started volunteering as a Northern Beaches support group leader, um, which I did four years. And for eight years, I was a phone volunteer. And all of that um, led to employment as the director of marketing and development. But then I started my own consultancy business in 2019. So I'm very passionate about Tourette advocacy, not only because uh, what I uh, lived with uh, with my son, but also because of the community, the people I met and, and the phone volunteering 
we had a very good overview of the challenges Tourette's syndrome can bring for, for the community. Wow, Rosita, that is amazing. Thanks to you, so many families have the support system they have today because they would have called you up being like, I don't know what to do when you were in their mm. position so yes. you could talk them through it. That is amazing. The work you do is incredible. Thank you. And Rosita, could you tell us about maybe the media representation of Tourette's versus the reality of having it and maybe some myths that come across? Yes, so unfortunately, um, because Tourette is misunderstood and, and stigmatized, uh, it's often really misrepresented in the media as a rare condition or it highlights uh, like um, so uh, inappropriate tics like Hopalaya. So the, um, that's something the press really likes to concentrate on on this varying. Mm -hmm. Only 10% of people really um, of Tourette's syndrome have uh, this varying tics or the copraxia where you make like obscene gestures. But because it's sensationalism, so they mm -hmm. pick up on that and that's misrepresenting um, Tourette's syndrome completely. So people have really a lot of very strange ideas on, on what Tourette's syndrome is. What makes me always very angry is if a character is um, portrayed in, in a ridiculous way, like in a comic or dr a grotesque way and, and making fun of people with Tourette's syndrome. Uh, so that's that's really terrible and it happens quite a lot in media mm. as well. So there are good um, documentaries, for instance, I have Tourette, but Tourette doesn't have me. So that's something which is a very nice documentary. But otherwise, um, there's a lot of learning still, I think, in regards to the media and Tourette. And there are also some uh, media guidelines, actually, which have been um, created by Dr. Sinead Anderson. She's uh, the founder of Neurodiverse and uh, organization in the UK, and she's also a member of a global umbrella organization to protect the people with Tourette syndrome. She did some um, media guidelines on what to think of if someone is asking you about an interview or to, to be part of a film. You were asking about myths. Mm. <laughs> so, Often the, the swearing so that people with Tourette's syndrome swear on, uh, without control. So that's mm. uh, like a, a myth. And uh, the ticks are controllable. So that's not the case at all. It's like if you try to hold in the sneeze, so um, like it's just not uh, possible to control a tick. And holding a tick can also sometimes be very painful. Some people oh. manage to hold a tick for a while, but eventually it has to come out anyway. It is Another hard. one is uh, Tourette syndrome limits your abilities. <laughs> so that's not uh, the case at all. So people with Tourette syndrome have the same intelligence or ability to learn like everyone else. Mm -hmm. And then also Tourette syndrome can be treated with medication. It's also a myth because there is no real medication for Tourette syndrome. There yeah, it's for life. It's always a trial and fail, um, really, and a lot of medication have side effects or even increase the tics mm. and um, some people think that those vocal tics um, is what you actually have on your mind and and that's also not true the tics are not connected to what a person is thinking or doing they're just coming randomly yeah definitely the, the, the biggest thing i think is that there is mm. no cure and it's it's something i wish was <laughs> i wish that was a myth <laughs> well i mean yes, you know yeah. i would love for there to be a treatment um you know, That's living with right. Tourette's every day myself and, and you too, Arabella. But um, what do you think are some of the most difficult barriers for someone living with Tourette's? 
that's a good question. Um, so depending on the severity of ticks, it can be very painful and also exhausting to have to tick all day and leave you with the feeling of not having any control of your body or what comes out of your mouth. So that's a, a big challenge. And I guess for everyone, a challenge with Tourette syndrome is that you're often met with misunderstanding and that you have to combat ignorance and stigma and tolerance, which unfortunately is because the community is not so well educated. Oh, definitely. And, and another thing also, like Tourette syndrome, a lot of people think it's only ticks, but that's how we call it. It's only the tick tip of the iceberg <laughs> because nearly 85% of people with Tourette syndrome have other coexisting conditions like ADHD or uh, OCD or anxiety, autism. Uh, and so that makes Tourette more complex and it's also more difficult to, to treat because often it presents a little bit atypical and then a normal psychological approach is mm. not possible. So um, it is uh, challenging. And another barrier is also that getting a diagnose and treatment is not as easy because there are not so many uh, medical professionals who really have a very good knowledge of Tourette syndrome. So there is a lot of misdiagnosis and, and not the uh, access to very good treatment, unfortunately. Wake up to jazz, switch on to arts, head home to drive and relax with the rest on 89.7 FM Eastside Radio. No ordinary world You're unique in every way Always in the sun And never in the shade I can't think of a stranger love To hold yourself above another Just cause you're beautiful
to Breaking Waves on Eastside Radio. That was Stranger Love by Panel and Bujara. Our favourite presenters are all off this week, having a bit of a holiday break, so we're taking a look back at some of our favourite moments from 2021. Shay and Jeff have a reputation here for asking the hard-hitting questions, so this episode just wouldn't be complete without having a listen to one of their interviews. Here's a chat they had with Aussie actor and colleague of Shay's Uncle Jerry, John Sheeran. John Sheeran, 30 Second Bio. Today's guest interview is with John Sheeran. John is a veteran Aussie actor with numerous film and television roles under his belt, including parts in the TV shows Chances and Home and Away, both of which, coincidentally, Shay's Uncle Jerry was also in. John has had numerous roles in various TV, cop, crime and drama series, and has also been in many films including the ACDC pick Thunderstruck and the Baz Luhrmann films Australia and the Great Gatsby. When not acting, John works for Playfair, an organisation that helps refugees get visas to Australia. And when not acting or helping refugees, he might be found playing golf. Please welcome on the line, John Sheeran. Hello, John. Welcome to the show. Hi, John. Hi. Thank you very much for having me. It's a privilege. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for agreeing to be on on a you know um, I don't know on an afternoon when you'd probably be well I'm right not going to say probably rather be doing something else but you know no, I'm about to cook a big dinner for some friends who are coming over we okay. haven't been able to do that for a while what do you do with um, lockdown did you cope with that lockdown John I did mate I coped very well I sort of kept to myself. I'm lucky to live in a very nice place, right overlooking Cooper Park. Yeah, you, so I you, could go you, for a walk down in the park. Jeff told me that you were ringing on the phone that you were playing golf. Yeah, uh, that's right. I'm not, not. I'm not dropping you in it. I was just saying sound. when I called you earlier. <laughs> oh yeah. This week you're off on the golf course, and and who wouldn't be? So. Well, yeah. we went for three months without being able to play. So I mean, I was champing at the bit. It was like a, it, was, it was a bit of a hurricane, wasn't it? Like it was, it was snowing oh, and was, yes, hail and sleet, and but yet you were <laughs> yeah, out no, there. It wasn't that bad. No, wasn't no, no. That bad. I exaggerate only slightly. It wasn't that bad. Yeah, my uncle Jerry hasn't played golf, but um, he's a tennis player and a rugby Is union he? player. Yeah. Is that right? Yes. Well, I used to play rugby union. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, John? There is actually another connection between you and Shay's uncle Jerry. Yes. Uh, I can reveal that his full name is Jerry Sont. I know. Now, I can see your your eyes lighting up with recognition, <laughs> uh, but 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 like the connection is like Jerry Sant is an actor, and yeah. he, he he from my research as I realise and from what Shay tells me he has been in Home and Away, and he's also been in Chances, That's both right. both of which you have also featured in. 
Do That's you, right. Um, yeah. I didn't uh, act with him on Home and Away, but I did on Chances. Um, we were in Chances together for oh, a couple of years down in Melbourne. Yeah, right. It was mm. was quite a was quite a funny show, actually. It was a big mm. show, wasn't it? Like I'd forgotten about it because um, yeah, it was I... about a family that won the lottery, and I was the father mm. of I was the person who won the lottery, and uh, all these other people uh, around sort of interwove their stories, and it was got quite a bit. Um, it was a bit racy, wasn't it? Have you have you ever seen the TV show on Channel Nine? Hey, hey, Saturday. Jeff was on that show when he was doing a poet performance. Oh. Is that right? Yes. Chase, oh. stop, stop, big, big <laughs> noting me. Yes, John, I can say that I won Red Faces. I did. Oh, did you? I beat two tap dancing kids All right. with a poem, and yeah. uh, Red Simons gave me seven points. Is that right? It was a record. But yeah. I'm not here to talk about me. Yes, we're, we're here we're to talk about, about you. you. Yeah, um, we want to we want to drill down because that, that's yes. the modern parlance. We yeah. want to drill and, down into and, your acting career. Yeah, and right. what, what was your your favourite part of being an actor? Well, I'll tell you the, I'll tell you the history of how I got into acting. I I used to work in real estate. I made a bit of money, and I was married. And we went to live in Italy, and I did a course. I learnt Italian at Perugia. And then uh, I was going to go and work in the snowfields in um, Cortina d'Ampezzo, but unfortunately there was uh, the sewers crisis happened and Italy's uh, power ran on uh, diesel. So they couldn't get any oil, so they shut the resort. So I went to Greece for three months and then I came back and went to visit a girl who I'd been working with in, in Perugia and her family owned a, an, owned a beautiful mill house. And he had another property that he said, uh, I could go and work on, and the, I worked on that. And he bought into the vineyard next door, which was owned by an Irishman who was married mm. to Frida Lawrence's granddaughter. Mm. And they used to have a a play every year in the summer for all the people who used to come out from England and holiday in the hills of Tuscany. Frida Lawrence wasn't D. H. Lawrence's wife or sister, was she, by any chance? Yes, she was Frida. Frida Lawrence was uh, D. H. Lawrence's. Oh, uh, you're wife. kidding? Really? No, no. And they used to have all these amazing people come out there from England, you know, oh. that uh, the poet laureate and all these different people. And anyway, the, her husband was uh, an Irish bloke, and he was a, a poet. But anyway, he used to do a play every year, and we put it. They put it on there, and they put it on the round the round the uh, pond, the mill pond of yeah, this yeah. beautiful place that uh, this girl's father owned. And uh, so we did the play there, and then I went to London. After that, went back to London. And I did some acting there, and then I came back to Australia. I enrolled in an arts degree and did a double major in Spanish and drama and got involved in acting in that way. And then I started on the stage. I did a play with uh, Rex Cramphorn uh, called The Theatrical Illusion. And uh, there was another mate of mine who came to see the play with a, a girl he was taking out, whose name was Faith Martin. Who was an actor's oh, agent? Casting agent. I, uh, Faith Martin put me on a books. She just started with Bill Shanahan, so it was Martin Shanahan. And then I think one of the first jobs I did was uh, was I did a play at um, the Belvoir with Ruth Cracknell. Uh, Richard Werrett was the uh, director. Ruth Cracknell and John Bell. Yeah. Okay. So that got me started in on the theatre. Oh, brilliant! And, uh, yeah, it was good. So yeah. I just sort of kicked on from there. Uh, it was interesting. I, I, you know, just did a few, a few other odds and sods. Then I started. I met a bloke at a party who liked my voice, 
So he, he, he asked me to come and audition for him. The state bank was just starting. The rural bank was changing right. its name from the rural bank to the state bank. And I got the gig. And I was, you know, I was the voice the, of the, the state vo- bank. The voiceover gig, okay. Yeah. And that, yeah. that lasted a long time? It lasted quite a while, yeah. I still did a lot of voice work. Oh. I just did some work for the uh, Australian War Memorial, actually. Oh, nice. So, um, yeah, no, it's good. I told you that I never would. I told you I changed. Even when I knew I never could. Know that I can't find nobody else as good as you. I need you to stay. Need you to stay. I get drunk, wake up, I'm wasted still. I realize the time that I wasted. I feel like you can't feel the way I feel. I'll be fucked up if you can't be right. Listening to People Powered Radio, proudly supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The Community Broadcasting Foundation resources community owned and operated media stations just like this one that connect people and tell vital local stories so that we all enjoy a more vibrant, inclusive Australian culture and healthy democracy. Find out more about our work at cbf.com.au. Thanks for listening to this special edition of Breaking Waves. Your regular presenters will be back next week with all new episodes. Until then, keep listening to Eastside Radio, and we'll see you next time. Hey, don't write yourself off yet. It's only in your head you feel left out or looked down on. Just try your best. Try everything you can. And don't you worry what they tell themselves.
yourself off the